recorded live. I just want to say thank you, Lord. Good sense about you. You 
you understand that you have to maintain your engine. You may let your paint job go bad. enough to realize that if your engine goes bad, the end of the God is the engine of our vehicle. If the relationship with God is not like it should be, everything else can shut down. Everything else will shut down. I just want to thank you, I want to thank you, Lord, I, I just want to thank you, Jesus, I just want to thank you, Master, so, I just want to thank you, I just want to praise you, I just want to give you all the Things that uh, displease 
we'll take a look at Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 31. And brings us on down to Matthew chapter 6, verse 12. Um, one of the most commonly misquoted prayers that you're ever going to find in this. But nevertheless, to be learned. Matthew chapter 6, verse 12, is what is commonly called the Lord's Prayer, when in reality, Jesus told his disciples, this is how, what? You should pray. This is really the disciples' prayer. This was a prayer that was directed to uh, Jesus' disciples. When you say apostle, why do you say that? Because of this particular prayer that Jesus never had to say to the Father. He never had to ask the Father for, but for you and I, we have to ask the Father for these things on a daily basis. In Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12, Jesus told his disciples to tell the Father to forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now, I mean, if you all out there say trespasses, you know, most places I've been, people sort of lost prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Absolutely wrong. That's not what it said. Now, it's the, the Bible says forgive us. Now, we understand that trespasses are a form of debt. The word says is forgive us our debts. It's like many of you all, if I say spare the rod, many of you all out there are already thinking spoil the child. That's not what the Bible said. What Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, God is son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline. You say, Apostle, why is that important? It's important because if we're not careful, we can start thinking things are scripture or thinking things that God has said when God has not really said and, and can get ourselves in trouble like that. You know, I, I remember, you know, as a younger man, it had been said so much that I almost thought it was scripture that, you know, mama may have and papa may have, but. As his own. I mean, that stuff was rolling off some tongues very, very smooth. Not in the scripture. It's not in the scripture. Oh, man. You say, Apostle, what else? Now, you kind of got us going. Well, you know, the race is not given to the swift, nor the but to check it. I can't even quote it fully right now, but it goes back to talk about that wealth is not given to the brilliant or food to the wise. You know, it goes on, and it says something else. So we've got to be very, very careful knowing the difference between, you know, what God has said and what it sounds like God has said. Because there's some stuff that God has said that I can share with you all, some of you all right now that are not looking into the Bible real deep, and you'll be, you won't believe God has said that right there. You know, if I was to tell some of you all right now that God said part of the punishment for the nation of Israel would be that pregnant women be eating their own babies, y'all be like, no, God, God ain't saying nothing like that till you turn to it in the Bible. So understand there's a difference between what God has said and what we think God has said. There's a difference, all right? So forgive us our what? Debts. Forgive us our debts. Now, debts and offenses and Trespasses, these are all very, very similar things. Uh, Matthew 6 and 12 again, forgive us our debts as we also, from the New International Version, have forgiven our debtors. Capital A, offenses. Let us pray. Father, in Jesus' name, thank you another for another day, Father. We 
give you glory, honor, and praise. We appreciate you and we reverence you for who you are and so many great things that you have done, Father. We thank you for so many revelation and insight that you have given us and shared with us over the years. We pray, Father, that you are pleased with the words of our mouth and meditations of our heart as we are growing into uh, the perfect people that, that you desire. We ask, Father, that you continue to lead and guide us uh, to your, uh, for your namesake into your, into your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, give us uh, revelation and insight this evening as we study your word. Share something with us, Father, who haven't realized before. As the entrance of your word brings understanding and brings wisdom, we trust, Father, that you are going to um, do just this for us as we are touching us mighty and we pray amen and amen all right now we see here jesus basically dealing with um the three acts of righteousness there are three acts major acts of righteousness that every child of god should be doing to some level and to some degree. Three acts of righteousness. Every child of God. In other words, if, if you don't see any of these attributes in an individual that claims to be a child of God, you 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 have a right to question. You have a right to question. These acts of righteousness are to be done by you and I and the Spirit of God leads. Now what these three acts of righteousness are they're almsgiving, prayer, and fasting. Almsgiving. You say, Apostle, what is almsgiving? Giving to the poor. But there you have more, you have a ability to give to those who have less. That, that, that's just it. The Bible says in the New Covenant to command those who are rich to share with those who, who you know, don't have as much. We are commanded to share. You know, anything, and I've you all a number of times, anything that God gives you an abundance of, he intends for you to share with those who have a lack of. Anything that God gives you, now you know what you have enough. Might be an abundance of shoes. Might be an abundance of, be an abundance of money. Some of you all out there in the sound of my voice, you know you got more money than you can spend. You know you got more money. You be like trying to think of stuff. You be thinking of crazy stuff to do with that money. That money, is, that, that extra money that God has given you that is meant for the kingdom. Early church, it's real, real good, real, real serious. Have more houses than they could live in. Have more lands than they could live in. Have more. They sold their houses. They sold those lands. And then they brought the this money from the sales, laid it at his feet, and it was distributed to anyone as he had it. So abundance, if you ever wondering, well, I wonder what God wants me to share. What has God given you an abundance of? That's all, that's all you got. To, if you got an abundance of it, he is one of the God wants you to share. Rich young ruler had a whole bunch of wealth. That's the first thing God asked him to give up and to share. So, righteousness, on prayer. Now, one of the things that that Jesus warns is not that these acts of righteousness cannot be done before men. You know, that's that's some of the mistaken teaching and mistaken doctrine. Oh, you can't can't tell nobody that you're fasting. Oh, don't let nobody see you praying. Enter into your secret prayer closet. Oh, don't let nobody know how much you give to the to the poor. No, no. 
but but rather Jesus uh, counseled his followers that you don't want to be your motive is what he's looking at. If that, don't be doing it to be seen by men. Even if men see you, there's some things that men may see you do, but you're not doing it to be seen of men. And that's what God wants us to to focus our uh, attention on. You know, we don't want to be you know given to men. Want to make sure there'd be a big banner put up with our name on it, strolled all the way the length and the breadth of the church, that Robert Bryant had just given uh, $100 to the needy. Big, bold, gothic style. Left. Mm-mm. Oh, come on now. What is God is like, what is this now? Why were you doing? All right? What you doing it for? What, what, that's the question. What you doing it for? What, it doesn't matter what you're doing. What you're doing it for. God is going to examine first what you are doing it for. And this is why the leadership of the Holy is so important, because as long as God is ready to do it for the right people, they don't get this, they don't know whatever they are. Holy Spirit gets you in a crowd of people, tell you bust out, start singing, and you just bust out, the Lord is good. Well, if the Holy Spirit told you, we might get ridiculed, you might get, but if the Holy Spirit, you've always, always done the right thing. That's why leadership of the Holy Holy Spirit will do is it will always give you a proper motive for doing what what we do. Let's get ready to look at this. So Jesus says in verse eight here now. Now understand that there are some people that the Lord wants you to be like, and there's some people that the Lord don't want you to be like. See, there's some people. The Bible tells you mark the perfect man. You know, there are individuals that God wants you and I to be like. Paul talked about him, individuals following him, follow Christ. And then there's individuals God does not want us to be like. Look at what verse 8. When we're in referring to the Pharisees, teachers of the law, individuals that pray and keep right on babbling like pagans, these do not be like them. For your father knows what you need before you ask him. It's not so much a long list of our needs need to present before God as it is a long list of thanks for what God has already done for us. Let me say that again. It's not so much, God said, look, I know what you need before you even ask me. But God said, look, don't come in here, ask a whole bunch of and you haven't even Thank me for what I have already done. God, this is why in the Old Covenant, it, the Bible says that we are to enter into his gates with thanksgiving. You coming into the presence of God talking about what you ate for lunch and what, you, what your co-worker had on for shoes day and, you know, I, wrong, absolutely wrong. Your mind, when you come into the presence of God, there needs to be a shift in your mindset. You need to be thinking, hey, look, this time right here is for thank God. If don't nothing else get done. I'm coming in here thanking God right there. As soon as I hit the door, I'm coming into the presence, into the place, thanking God, appreciating God, entering into his gates with thanksgiving, entering into his course with prayer. Some of you all go to church, got your mouth poked out, you know. Some of you got you go to church, got your eye rolling your eyes at your neighbor. What kind of foolishness is that? God said, when I tell you to go into your house like that, when I tell you to, when I tell you to come in, in, into the presence of the saints with that kind of foolishness, 
Look at her. Look at how her dress is. If you'd have been praising me like you're supposed to, you wouldn't even be focused in on that foolishness. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Enter. So God said, look, there needs to be a shift in focus. As we just finished talking about the acts of righteousness, the focus needs to be off of men seeing you and just being concerned that God sees you. Jesus said, do not be like them. Why? Because their main focus and their main concern was that men see them. That's why a whole lot of this, you know, dressing up in, in different things has come about and all kind of stuff. It's about men seeing us. It's about men seeing us. When the important thing is that God sees us. It's about men being pleased. When the important thing is that God being pleased. God said, look, God said, Robert, I said that faith come by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Nothing about wearing a suit, or faith come by, you know, having on a, a, a big uh, fluffy hat, or faith, uh-uh. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So what has happened is the very thing that men and women are supposed to has come in and, and captured the minds of many individuals, so their focus is on a whole lot of other things. I got a contact it all the way from Cameroon, Africa. Friend of mine, one woman of God down there contacted me from Cameroon, Africa, asking Apostle, I want to know, I want to know, is it all right to wear makeup and jewelry? I want to know. Some evangelists came through here preaching. One one particular church that, that has been inviting me down there for years in Cameroon said some evangelists came through here and told us that, you know, women can't wear women it's not right for women to wear makeup and women to wear jewelry. I said, tell them to give you book chapter verse. I said, tell them, you can't wear, and when you can't wear, I said, tell them to give you book, chapter, and verse. Cannot wear, give me book, chapter, and verse. Not wear trousers. Give me book, chapter, and verse where it said a woman cannot wear jewelry. I'm still waiting on those moss. And what I know is that no response going to come unless somebody done wrote, wrote something in the Bible. And so out of Wrote inside the, the, the Bible. You say, Apostle, what, what are you trying to get us to understand? The, the Bible doesn't say woman can't wear makeup. That's not in the Scripture. Not in the Scripture. Now, what you will see is you find out Isabel made herself up. Again, what she was trying to do was seduce uh, Jehu. You know, she tried all her witchcraft and all everything else, and now she was, you know, painted herself up and was sitting up in a window. She was trying to seduce him. So it's motive. You know, nowhere in the Bible says trousers. I'm a great friend of mine. We ended up becoming great friends after I had to deal with. I was getting in a vehicle with Jeff Holly Biden. It's called Legos, packed in the bus, all tight and all hot. And one young evangelist came out there, had a book that said uh, why women shouldn't wear pants. And I said, uh, bro, is it in the Bible anywhere? That I pulled, just pulled him to the side. He didn't know who I was. And I, you know, I was just kind of watching him because he was, he was real passionate. So I talked to him real real calm, like like a father to a son. I said, son, I said, um, is there anywhere in the Bible that says a woman can't wear pants? And I knew exactly where it was going to go, where most people try to go. You know, a woman not to wear anything that pertains to a man. He said, you know, and the woman shouldn't wear anything that pertains to a man. I said, well, what about a shirt? Because, you know, men wear shirts. I said, what about shoes? 
I said, because, you know, men wear shoes. I said, what about underwear? You know, I just started rattling off stuff because, you know, men wear that too. And he started kind of looking at me. Yeah, but what about socks? You know, men do wear socks. Huh? He started looking at me. I said, what? I said, now, I said, now, what about women's pants? What about women's shirts? And he started looking. And I had an opportunity with him. And he was like a boss. You know, I shared with him, you know, he said, the boss of Samantha, God, give me your contacts and the detail. And we began to, to contact in the fellowship, you know. So we got to be very, very careful with what God has said. He says, he didn't say that. And see, that's why a lot of times, a lot of you all out there, a lot of you all that are out here listening to this broadcast on a daily basis, you won't go to your church on a daily basis. First of all, because a lot of them are not doing anything on a daily basis. But even if they did, a lot of you wouldn't go. And the reason is because of a lot of uh, other stuff that men have put in. And the same thing that basically the Pharisees did. They tied up these heavy loads and put them on men's shoulders. If you could just go to church just after work, didn't have to go and put on that great big hat and that tight, tight dress and them high, high shoes and, be, and somebody be beating you over the head for some money, a lot of you would go. A lot of you will go. But men have put so much other stuff in that now it's like, man, <laughs> man ain't worship among us as children of God was in the early in the early church was a very simple thing. You have a few hymns, huh? One of the things you're saying you're supposed to be chill. Because remember, the focus is the word of God. Let me tell you something that's gonna help you High shoes ain't going to help you get no closer to God, you know? It, you, see, because some of you think you put on high, high shoes, you're taller. No, you're not taller. You're just standing on something that's a few inches higher than when you're standing flat. But you're not any taller. If you were five, four-inch heels and you jacked up now to where it looked like you're five, nine, you are still five foot five. You just got on some four-inch heels. You just will be standing on a two-by-four. So we want to, you say, Apostle, where are you driving that? We want to the, the worship. You check the early church and how they worship, how those things were. It was very, very simple. But yet they were growing. Yet they were receiving the, the blessings of God. Yet, yet God was, there was much grace upon them. It's not in how much stuff. God says how much, it's in how much stuff you do that I told you to do. If it was just about stuff, the Pharisees were doing stuff. Man, they had boxes tied around their head called phylacteries, man, a box with a piece of string, and they had four passages of Scripture in them. They had long, big tassels on their garments that were wide, and they, man, they were, God was like, look, man, ain't nobody thinking about that stuff, man. Y'all got all that going there, but you ain't doing none of what I told you. And you tie up heavy loads, and you place them on men's shoulders, but you're unwilling to lift Let's get that mess out of there and get back to what I have told you. Pharisees were tithing. Some of y'all think, man, you're going to heaven because you're tithing. Not necessarily. God said, it's going to be some tithers going to hell, too. Pharisees gave a tenth of bill, coming, and others. What about money? No, they weren't giving a tithe of their money because that was never instructed in the Scripture. They were giving a tithe of what the law said. One tithe, one tenth of what Flocks, mint, dill, coming, and other garden herbs. This is what their fields produced. They brought a tithe. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Everything else is extra. 
Everything else is just extra. Some of y'all going to churches because you like the choir. Some of y'all going to churches because you like the building. Some of y'all going to churches because you like the, the, the word. Thy hearing and hear the word. That's the only thing that's going to take you, take you higher, take you closer to God, is his word. Now, get yourself all branched all off now. Branched all off. Years ago, God had given me a diagram and had me go back and study all kinds of denominations in the church and where they came from. And really, all you ever needed was man, Jesus Christ, to get you straight to God. Just Jesus Christ, get you You had the that broke off. You had the, you know, then you had the Protestants that broke off. You had the Methodists. You had the Holiness. Then you had the Holiness Pentecostals. You had all kind of stuff that broke off. But all you needed, man. Relationship with Christ will get you to God. Everything else is some stuff that men have put in. Come on, let's get ready to close this out. Jesus said, look, don't be like them. Don't get yourself sidetracked into a bunch of stuff that God never intended you to get into. Your father knows what you need before you even ask him. This, then, is how you should pray. And God said, Robert, not only have I got directions, thank you, thank you, Father, for how men and women should pray. God said, I got directions as to how men and women should live. God said, I got directions as to how men and women should raise children. God said, I got directions as to how men and women should worship. God said, didn't I tell you that the kind of worshipers that I'm seeking, they worship the Father in what? Spirit and in truth. This is a direction for prayer. God said, I got a direction for every aspect of your life. This then is how men and women should give. This then is how men and women should this then. How men and women, the scripture tells us, you know, the instruction on women is that they, they dress modest apparel. Man, come on now. You know when your breast is hanging out out there, woman of God. You know when your hind part is, is, is all, all tight and just is too short, short and tight. And you really pull it. Now you know. Modest apparel. Modest. Didn't say you couldn't wear trousers. Didn't say you couldn't wear or shirts, or they didn't say modest. You say, Apostle, how do we know what's modest? That's the Holy Spirit in you. Holy Spirit will tell you, get out of that. That's too little. That's too tight. That's too, that's not appropriate. Don't let the Holy Spirit do his job so we can get some peace around here. So that what unifies us and what is supposed to unify us as people of God which is the spirit of God can do it. That's why we all branched all isms and schisms and this denomination, that, that. We got some folk that didn't want to listen to God. So they broke off. Let the spirit of God do what he intends to do, which is lead all of us in the path of righteousness, which is lead all of us to God. We'll be coming from all kind of different angles, all kind of different places. But as we yield to the Spirit of God, we'll all end up in this. Wrap this up. This, then, is how you should pray. Our Father, see? Ain't but one Father that's in heaven. 
I don't care how many parents you, you, how many brothers and sisters you got. You ain't got but one father, one mother. Our father, which hallowed be your name. In other words, we're reverencing you, we're respecting you, we're honoring you, we're glorifying you. Hallowed, your your name is above every other name. Your name is worthy. Hallowed be your kingdom. Your will be done. Now that's now now the only way God's kingdom can come, you know, in your life and in my, you got to let His will be done. You can't keep fighting God's will and expect His kingdom to come in your life. Fighting God's will and expect His kingdom in your marriage to come in your church. The way His kingdom will come inside of where He has is you got to let His will, let His will, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. God's love. I'm not. I'm not in heaven. Everything in heaven is moving according to God's. Our job is to is to to first of all be be sensitive and in tune enough with the Spirit of God, and and that He might reveal to us what's going on in heaven. Ain't nobody in heaven with their mouth poked out. You better believe that. Nobody up in heaven rolling their eyes. God call them. They're like, oh man, what God calling me for now, man? How come? How come he is he? Ain't nobody in heaven with that kind of foolishness. In heaven, everybody, everything is moving according to God's voice. That's the way it's supposed to be in the earth. You dying? Ain't God so Robert? Ain't nobody having no votes up here. Ain't nobody having no secret meetings trying to vote me out. You know, ain't nobody up here getting together in their corner talking, man, we need to get God out of here. He's been on the throne too long. How come God gets to serve eternity? I think Angel John, you do a good job. What do you think, Mark? Angel Mark, I think so. No, God said, I kicked that kind of stuff out of here. No votes. God said, I'm running things. That's just it. From the Alpha to the Omega, God said, I'm running things, baby. <laughs> Some of y'all, man, some of y'all, voting and carrying on, voting pastors out. You know, uh, one particular pastor around here, I've been knowing him for years, and the Lord had revealed to me something years and years ago. They ain't going to vote him out of there. And sure enough, just a few years ago, I got a call. I was in Nigeria that he was no longer pastor. I knew. I was like, I couldn't even say nothing to people. Y'all, I dare vote. We were uh, apostle. Uh, we're going to be voting this week to see whether or not pastor gets to stay. I'm like, you voting? One of the things said, what is this, survivor? <laughs> listen, listen, ain't no votes. Ain't no votes, children of God. Ain't no votes. There's only obedience to the voice of God. Ain't no votes. Ain't no votes. A vote about what? Either God put him there as pastor, as head, or he didn't. Start voting in the church. Well, uh, either the father is the head of the family under the headship of Christ, or or we're going to vote. Then that means that the children and the mama can get together and, and vote daddy out of there. Vote that. God didn't fix it up like that. No matter what you vote, man is the head. In marriage, you know, you start getting into votes, man, you have a stalemate all day. You get a hard-haired wife, you get a hard-haired husband, don't want to vote right, because the husband can be voting, the wife be the head, and the wife can be voting. Ah. Uh, Man is the head of one man. God said, that's it. Ain't no vote. You mess around and get your three children in a family. Mom and father, y'all at mercy. 
Cause they get they they get together and vote everything you talking about out out down. You be you and wife be talking about having vegetables for dinner. Children get together and vote. We want uh, uh, chocolate covered goo goos. Vote, man. God said, no, no, no. Let me go and put things the way I want. Let me put in charge who I want in charge. No vote. Y'all talking about robbers? Robbers rules the order. God said, I'm the one made robber. I can't believe that. Robbers rules the order. I always felt like, I remember as a young Christian, I would see that going on in church. Now, I didn't, I didn't know, you know, a lot of things that, that God has revealed to me now, but I remember seeing that as a young, young Christian. I, I knew that that won't, that won't right. I knew that. God's rules of order. And you'll find them in his book. Let's get ready to close this on up. So we want God's will to be done in earth as in earth. Give us today our daily bread. Now, now we are physical beings. We are spiritual beings. You need so much food for your body every day. You need so much food for your spirit every day. You need so much exercise for your body every day. You need so much exercise for your spirit every day. Forgive us our debts as we have forgiven our debtors. Now, this is what we want to just look at briefly here and understand that if you're not willing to um, forgive the offenses of others because we offend one another, just, just today around here at the Christian Center, Somebody ate up all of the apple strusel cakes. Huh? <laughs> Somebody. And, uh, you know, in other words, there were some people that ended up with an abundance of the apple strusel cakes, more than their share, and there were some people that ended up with no apple strusel cake. It's an offense. It's not the best. <laughs> it's not the best thing. All right? So we got to forgive one another. <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry. I'm gonna get. Uh, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna replenish those apple juice cakes because uh, the apple juice cakes was good. But we got to. We got to forgive one another. You know, because as we as we forgive one another, then we position ourselves so that God will forgive us when we offend Him, because we offend God every day. We can't be holding a whole lot of stuff against our our brother, or our sister. Let that mess go. Let that mess ride. Let them let let God deal with them on that. You know. Let us hey, forgive. Forgive. See. And then, you know, for if we forgive our debtors, then, you know, God will forgive us of our debts. Look at verse fourteen. For if you forgive me when they sin against you, your heavenly father will also forgive you. Don't let go of some things. See, you mess around holding on to some stuff that somebody did to you down the road, and God mess around and hold again. What if God start holding against you what you did against him? See, now we now we got funny looks on our faces. So let's let go. Let go. One of the same saying, real crazy, real crazy. We're going to let go of some things so we can get to it. And there's nothing. Watch this now. God is just placing this in my spirit now. God said, Robert, share this with my people. There's nothing that I'm going to ask you to let go of that I'm not going to replenish with something better. There's nothing that God is going to ask you to let go of that he will not replenish 
with something better. Father, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, thank you tonight, Father, for everything you shared with us. Thank you for your revelation, your insights, your knowledge, Father. We pray that your people have been encouraged, uplifted, and edified at the preaching and teaching of your word, Father. We give you glory, honor, and praise, Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Saints, you can reach us through email at the Church at gmail.com. Check out our website at www.rchurch.com backslash member backslash t backslash tccc. Feel free to join us on TalkShoe, Spreecast, YouTube, and iTunes at 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. daily. On TalkShoe, call 724-444. Enter ID 17959. On YouTube and the Christian Center Church channel. You can see excerpts of Apostle Robert Bryan on YouTube. Donations should be sent by using the donation button on the church website or our TalkShoe homepage. God bless you and heaven smile you in Jesus' name. Amen.